Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It's 9.15 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It's the 24th day of the fourth month of 2023. And this is episode 711 of Bitcoin and. I have no affiliation with 7-Eleven. In fact, I've never seen a corporation such as the Southland Corporation fall into the most disgusting hole. Have you visited a 7-Eleven lately? When I was a kid, those used to be clean, clean as a whistle. I mean, just that that was a cool place to go. Of course, at the time, it was pretty much the only convenience store in the world and then gas stations quickly picked up on selling candy and shit to you know keep them keep themselves alive because they're not making any money off of gas that's for damn sure but if you if you've been into a 7-eleven as of late or or the next time you go into one look at the smock that the person behind the counter is wearing and if it does not look like they've been crawling under a 77 Chevy, then you're probably not in an actual 7-Eleven, but somewhere else. I'm just saying, man, that place just went downhill faster than a duck going south in winter, man. I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you. Now, listen, listen up. Zapster, Zapster zapster.live. Seems to be a creation from Pablo. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Pablo. Oh, shoot. You know what? I guess I should have probably brought up Pablo's full master name. Hold on. Snort. Going to using snort.social right now. However, I have found primal.net as a client for Noster. Looking pretty slick. It is. It doesn't have notifications. It doesn't have zaps. It's got all the buttons for all that stuff in place. But if you're looking to try out something new, uh, it's a web it's a web client. I don't know if there's an iOS version, but the web client's pretty damn slick. Uh, I cannot seem to be able to see what relays that it's working off of, so therefore I cannot individually select or delete relays because I, I can't find them. Uh, if you know something about primal.net, uh, let me know. Uh, but right now it seems to fully be in somewhere between alpha and beta or something like that, but it's slick. It looks good. It's highly responsive and it works with Git Albi extension for handling your, uh, private public key pair. And I do not recommend using any client that does not have the ability to associate itself with something like Git Albi or NOS 2X. Uh, some kind of off-board thing to handle your private uh, and public key pair because if you put in your private key accidentally, uh, or not even, if you put in your private key to one of these clients to identify yourself, 
That's a bigger risk. In, in my opinion, maybe wrong, but yes, I know a lot of people don't like browser extensions, but I have had nothing but good things to say about uh, at least Git Albi or <clears throat> the Albi extension, A-L-B-Y, Git Albi, I think is how you go and find that on Google or whatever your search engine of choice is. And use that because honestly, don't I, I just don't want anybody to get used to copying and pasting their private key because some people have done that in a public note on Noster and once your private key is out, it's 100% compromised. Some right now people are having, you know, are pretty good on Noster about not screwing around with that, but once that private key is out, you're you're kind of done for. So don't get used to pasting or uh, copying and pasting your private key. Go try out primal.net. Let me know what the hell you think about it, if you think anything at all about it. But uh, getting back to the to the matter at hand, I right now I'm using Snort because I can go and see my notifications. And it looks like it's, oh God, come on. Give me the <clears throat> Pablo F7Z. Right. And I'm sure that that's leet speak and I'm, you know, being laughed at out there because I don't know how to pronounce Pablo F7Z. Maybe it's Pablo's. I don't know. Who knows? I don't care. Laugh at me all you want. It's Monday. We need a new laugh. And if I'm going to be the source of that laughter, well, then hell yeah, we got to have some good times because it's in the morning. Anyway, Pablo F7Z, it seems He's done something pretty cool. He's used the Nostra protocol to create Zapster.live. Zapster, if you don't know, but anything that ends with stir is basically STR, like Noster. That's where it comes from, Noster. And now there's Footster and Coffeester and, and, and Zapster. All right, so Zapster.live is a, well, it's a music player. It's like Spotify. I'm, I'm deadly serious. And I'm looking at it right now. I got it up on my screen. You can't see it because I'm audio only. And I can sign in with my guess what? Nostra Public Key, which is this thing talks to Get Albi. This, if you haven't figured it out yet, this is the way of the future. It's your public key, man. That's your identity. And of course, we got to get better at, at making sure that we do not hose our, you know, digital identities. But this is so simple. It's so slick. And I can sign, if it's Nostra related, I pretty much 80% of the time can sign in with uh, my web browser extension, which I'm using GitAlby. But I'm signed in here. It's got all of my Noster data in like as, as my profile in zapster.live. And what do I see? I've got, well, I've got a whole bunch, I've got a listen list. Purple Rain is in there. A song named Paul is Buried. Uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. You know, and a lot of these are being put up by uh, Pablo because he's testing this, this uh, platform which utilizes the Noster protocol. And why is that important? And I know a lot of people don't, they're not, you're, you're not computer nerds. And honestly, I'm kind of not either, but I have to know some things. And the thing that I know about Noster is that because it is a protocol, 
and not a platform means that if any platform in your mind you want to build has certain elements like I need to know who you are. I need to know what message you're trying to give me. Is it text? Is it a picture? Is it audio? Is it a vendor stall like you're selling? I don't know, hand hand wound wool or something and, and you've got a vendor stall. That's These are all these ideas, these up above any kind of protocol ideas of how do we communicate with each other as humans? What are we trying to communicate with each other as humans? What is the trade of value that we're doing here? Am I selling you something or am I just shit posting? If I'm just shit posting and you don't need to pay me, well, then don't include the payment in a message that you fabricate that a protocol can understand because if you can take this higher level ideas and figure out the essence of what you're trying to do and you can shove that and make it fit into the form of the Nostr protocol, then it's way more than Twitter, it's way more than Etsy, it's way more than eBay, it's way more than Spotify, it's way more than anything you can possibly ever imagine in your entire life. Do you have a blog? Well, Nostra has blogs. Abla, like Abla Espanol, Abla is a Nostra based. And guess what? You sign in it, sign into it with what? Your public key. And if you have your private key, you can make posts to it. This, if you don't get it yet, you are going to have to get it soon because you do not want to be late on understanding what it means that Nostra is a protocol and not, not, not a platform. The platform that I'm talking about rides on top of the Nostra protocol. Pablo F7Z has built Zapster.live. It's like a Spotify. It is in its early stages, ladies and gentlemen, very early stages, but it works. It looks good. I can play Sergeant Pepper Inner Groove uh, that uh, Pablo uh, F or F7Z posted, and I have the option to not only play it but do what? I can zap it. That's right. It works with my GetAlby wallet, so I can zap that tune. So if you're like a musician and nobody, you can't figure out where the hell to get your song out in public, go to zapster.live, sign in with your private public key pair that's managed by something other than copying and pasting your private key. Don't do that, right? This works with GetAlby. Use that, which is the one time you'll actually have to paste a private key pair unless you get Albi to build you a Noster profile and, or well, the public private key pair. But that's all beside the point. If you got a song, you want to get it out, you go to zapster.live, you sign in with your Noster keys and you can publish your song and you can get it out there. And it's on the Noster protocol. It uses what Nostra already is. It didn't have to actually build something. It works. It works on the Nostra protocol, just like you shit posting frog memes, right? Except this time it's somebody's heart and soul because they 
wrote, sat down and wrote a song and then they had to record it. And then, you know, well, actually they had to rehearse it. They had to get good at it. They had to make sure that they had this shit nailed down and then they had to go record it and then render it. And they had to do a whole bunch of work other than actually baking the song itself to get it into a format that they can put on zapster.live and people can zap your song if they like it. This is the way forward for music. No more, no, no, no more times will you ever have to worry about Columbia Records A&R department or how is it going to be marketed or God forbid, what contract do you have to sign that you sign away 99% of your profits? And even then you're not even going to get 1%, right? Especially as a new artist. People that, that have been in the business for years are, they're begging for any kind of residual income on this mass amount of songs that they've written over their entire career. Because this Spotify model, the model of the music industry right now is dead. Actually, not just right now, it died and it's going to stay dead forever. It got shot through the heart with Napster back in the 90s. It's never recovered. It looks to a lot of people like it did recover, but it didn't. It's a shit show. And Pablo F7Z just gave you a way out of that shit show. Please, please, please go look at zapster.live. Okay? Go look at zapster.live, 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 and go figure it out because it's going to be worth your while if you have any intention whatsoever of producing music. And of course, this will end up replacing YouTube and all kinds of shit for video production, right? All of this is coming. And if you're behind the curve, it's, a, it's very hard to catch up. You want to be in front of the wave. Yes, I know. In surfer parlance, that can be a dangerous situation. Well, I would rather be in front of the wave and understand that I can get it to crash all over my ass and possibly break my leg trying to brace against it, but I would rather be there and, and figure that one out than have the wave pass me by and having to swim like the Dickens to catch up with it because the chances are very good. Even if I did catch up with it, there's so many people already riding that wave that I'm just going to get lost in the crowd. You need to claim your namespace. You need to get on Nostra. You need to figure this shit out. Because all of legacy social media is dying. Legacy music is dying. Legacy mainstream media is dying. It's all going away. We're the ones that are replacing the old world. Some of us understand that. I understand it. I get it. But a lot of us, actually, I think the majority of people do not understand what is happening. You're in the midst of the lake turning upside down. It's a once in a lifetime event. You're either in front of the wave, riding the wave, or you're catching up to the wave. I prefer to be out in front of it. Let's fucking go. Zimbabwe to introduce gold-backed digital currency, according to a report. Oh boy, chamomile. Oh God, you named your daughter chamomile. Chamomile Shumba is writing this one for Coindesk. <clears throat> The Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe 
plans to introduce a gold-backed digital currency as legal tender to help stabilize the local local currency, the Zim dollar, the Sunday Mail reported. The tokens will be a form of electronic money backed by the country's gold reserves, which will be held at the central bank. Can you Are you guys getting sick already? You should be. The RBZ wants people holding Zim dollars to be able to exchange their money for the gold-backed token to help them hedge against the volatility of the local currency. A year ago, one U.S. dollar was worth about 150 Zim dollars. Jesus Christ. Zim the Invader. If you've never seen, or Invader Zim, if you've never seen that cartoon, you are missing the hell out, dude. Z- Invader Zim is awesome. Anyway, getting back to it. About a year ago, U.S. dollar was worth 150 Zim dollars, and now it's worth closer to a thousand Zim dollars, according to investing.com. The country operates with both the Zim dollar as well as the United States dollar. Last August, the RZB said it planned to create a central bank digital currency. Other African countries have also been exploring a CBDC. Nigeria launched its e-Naira in October of 2021. And the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe didn't immediately return a request for comment. Of course they didn't. All right, so what does this mean? Nothing. You're going to see this story everywhere. Not just Zimbabwe. What I'm saying is that it's the new. It's one of the new narratives, a gold-backed token, and that token just happens to be electronic and just happened to be held by who? The exact same people that caused inflations from, you know, moderate to hyper, uh, the central bank. Yeah. So the central bank of Zimbabwe, central bank of of, of Nigeria, it doesn't. Nambia, United States, Canada, France, it doesn't matter. The central bank holding a digital e-token that is quote unquote backed by gold is bullshit. If I can take that, my Zim dollar, and I can trade it one for one or whatever their exchange rate's going to be. One for, let's say it's one for one. I got Zim dollars. I got a hundred Zim dollars. And I take it to the bank and I say, I'm Invader Zim. And here's my 100 Zim dollars. I would like the new gold-backed e-token. And they give you 100 quote-unquote gold-backed e-tokens from the central bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, sure. That's great. Now, uh, Mr. Central Banker, I, now that I hold these gold-backed e-tokens, I would like to trade my brand new shiny 100 e-tokens for actual gold. And that's where you will find out that they are filling you full of shit because they're not going to give you gold, which means that the e-currency that's gold-backed is not backed by gold. And you were better off just using the 100 Zim dollars that you had in your pocket, or better yet, figure out a way to convert that to US dollars because the Zim dollar is probably not being used in Zimbabwe. It's probably 90% the United States dollar. Do I know that for a fact? No, but... Honestly, let's let's just be real. Stop it. Just stop. Any idiot, any idiocy that you hear that even resembles a gold-backed e-token produced and held by a central bank, run. Run away from that idiocy. 
because it is designed to do nothing but to keep you poor. They are reaching at straws to figure out a way to combat Bitcoin and it's not working. And it won't work ever if you keep vigilant. I had an entire discussion with my 12-year-old daughter <coughs> on the way to school when she guffawed because I was listening to No Agenda and they had a, oh, what was it? It was a, one of the sound clips. And it was a guy talking about climate change and how the ocean was our breath. That that's, that's where our breath, our air came from. And yeah, the ocean is responsible for a little bit of that. Probably quite a bit of it too, but it's not the only, it's not the only breath. And she's 12 and even she knew better and started laughing her ass off, in which case I paused the podcast and had a yet another of several frank discussions that I've had with my daughter of 12 about how it's all bullshit. And I do use the word right in front of her because she's not a child. I told her it's bullshit and that it's just another narrative to fill the world full of lies and keep people thinking that some disaster is right around the corner. And that's the shiny thing that people are attracted to. They're attracted to death. They're attracted to fire and brimstone. That's one of the reasons why evangelical preachers do so goddamn well in the middle of a tent in the middle of Kansas, because they're not being nice about anything. They're scaring people to death. Not all, but many. Let's be frank, all right? Or let's be Sally, whatever. In either event, I'm trying to tell my daughter and my son to not believe anything that they hear, to automatically figure out who benefits from the narrative you just heard. And if they can see through the bullshit now and be able to answer the question of who benefits from that bullshit and they come up with somebody, then you're verifying the bullshit. And if you can do that before you're the age of 15, you will rule the world or at least own a portion of it for yourself that you hopefully try to do the right thing with. But I digress. Let's get on to happier things. Maybe, maybe when the student is ready, when the student is ready. Written by Tally Lindbergh for Bitcoin Magazine. Don't be angry. The full title is When the Student is Ready. Three times I was able to help strangers understand Bitcoin. My husband and I decided to become Bitcoin educators because we passionately believe that Bitcoin is a money standard everyone should know about. However, it can be discouraging sometimes when most people see us as religious, cult evangelists who they should avoid and only politely tolerate. But then out of the blue, I'll experience amazing conversations with people who are ready to hear what we have to say. They're just waiting to find someone to discuss Bitcoin who can help them understand it better. A few months ago, when my husband Scott and I were just starting our financial literacy and Bitcoin-focused organization, Free Market Kids, we had a lot of trouble getting our website to work correctly. I spent hours with tech support through various service providers. During the incident, I called GoDaddy support and was instructed to reboot my computer. While we were waiting for the computer to do its thing, instead of sitting on the line in silence, I began to chit-chat with the support guy about where he was located, you know, the weather, etc. 
And pretty soon we were asking each other about work and life experiences. He asked, so what is free market kids? Well, we teach people about Bitcoin and money with our board games, I answered. Bitcoin, sighing deeply, he continued, I sold mine years ago. He explained that early on he had been persuaded by his friend to mine Bitcoin. When the price went up, he got excited and sold all his Bitcoin because he needed cash for, you know, something. Quote, and now I'm watching the Bitcoin price go up like crazy and I can't believe I blew my chance, he lamented. I asked him what he knew about Bitcoin aside from what his friend told him. Very little, he explained. So I explained the fundamental properties of Bitcoin to him and pointed out that he could always get back in. And 30 minutes later, long after my computer had rebooted and the original issue was in fact resolved, we finally ended the call. I was so excited about the conversation. I wanted to tell my husband about it. Quote, I thought you were on GoDaddy support, Scott asked. I was, I responded excitedly. So there's one example of when the student is ready, the teacher will come. Now to the veterinary office. In preparation for some conferences we were attending, I designed a company t-shirt. Unfortunately, the first batch didn't turn out well, so I decided to wear it around the house. Remembering a veterinarian appointment at the last minute, I rushed out with our dog, forgetting that I was sporting our company t-shirt. After checking in and ushering, being ushered to a tiny exam room, I sat down to wait with my elderly standard poodle, Ava, panting by my side. Moments later, the door opened and the vet tech walked in, clipboard in hand. He looked at me without saying anything and squinted his eyes. Quote, uh, do I have something on my face? I thought, feeling a bit uncomfortable. Then he broke the awkward silence and said, Bitcoin, huh? Yes, I answered tentatively, looking down at my shirt. Quote, I have some questions for you, he boomed. Someone told me that Bitcoin will go to zero. What do you think? Uh, right. What do you know about Bitcoin in general? I responded. Not much, he admitted. We chatted about Bitcoin and he had endless questions. I watched his pen in his hand hover over Ava's chart, but we didn't talk about the patient panting dog for a long time. The vet visit that was supposed to take 20 minutes ended up taking an hour and a half. When the student is ready, the teacher will be sent. Number three, the jewelry store. I, I went to a jewelry store to replace a broken necklace. And once again, I was wearing our company's shirt and running errands. Two ladies stood behind the counter. While one was packing up my purchase, the other eyed me intently, leaned toward me and whispered, my brother is into cryptocurrency, but I don't understand it. I know the economy is going to shit, but I don't have a million dollars to invest in Bitcoin. She continued, her eyes filled with tears. I'm a single mom and I'm scared of what's going to happen. She looked tired, discouraged, and very, very concerned. Quote, you don't need a million dollars to invest in Bitcoin. You can start with a very small amount, like one dollar or five. We chatted for a long time. I, I hugged her before we said goodbye. Quote, there's a reason we met today, I told her. Reach out to me anytime. When the student is ready, the teacher will be sent. And oh, maybe I should wear our company shirt more often. <laughs> Tally Lindbergh is the wife of Scott Lindbergh from, again, Free Market Kids. That's freemarketkids.com. I have Scott on the show, and this is, I think, the second, or at least the second piece that his wife has written for Bitcoin Magazine that I've seen. She may have already been, you know, have written more, but it's the time is coming when, when those people who 
just don't want to hear about Bitcoin now are all of a sudden starting to become open to the discussion. And the slower those discussions happen, when, I mean, if it's not an excited, you know, free for all between two people talking about all the things that we always talk about, you're trying to cram five years of knowledge into a 30 second pitch and you sound like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia next to his board with strings and shit all over it. Because that's what we sound like because you're trying, that's exactly why you sound like that. You're trying to shove five, three, four, seven, maybe 10 years of what you know into the 20 seconds that you have to make a sentence. And you, we sound like idiots when we do that. The better route is a route like this. Let them come to you. Let them come to you because they will come. They are coming. They will continue to come. You will be six feet in the ground before they stop coming. So maybe practice better pitches. Maybe learn even more. Figure out what it is you don't know about Bitcoin and go learn it. God knows there's not a single one of us that knows everything about Bitcoin. There's not a single one of us that knows everything about the potential of Noster, much less Bitcoin, much less what happens when you have synergy between those two protocols. There's no way to know. Like I said, we will all be six foot under before we understand all this shit and before people start, you know, stop asking us to tell us as much about it as we can. Except for anybody from the World Economic Foundation, they can go screw. WEF's promo video shows Bitcoin mining, but leaves out the B word. Karen Lyons from Cointelegraph. C-R-N is probably how you pronounce it. C-I-A-R-A-N. I'm going to go with C-R-N Lyons from Cointelegraph is writing it. The World Economic Forum showcased the facilities and tech employed by a cryptocurrency mining firm and implied its operations were the biggest winner for the environment but it never actually said it was crypto mining. Can you spell narrative? Published on April the 20th, the WEF video promoted efforts towards reducing flaring where large amounts of natural gas from oil production or from decomposition are wasted by the Colorado-based Bitcoin miner Crusoe Energy Systems. Prominent imagery of what appeared to be cryptocurrency mining facilities are presented throughout the video, however, the video never directly addresses what is actually happening. Chase Lockmiller, CEO and co-founder of Crusoe, explained in the video that it builds and operates modular data centers that are co-located with waste energy sources to use wasted methane streams to generate power. It was noted this enables the production of ultra-low cost computing infrastructure by utilizing stranded energy sources that would otherwise go unused. The video was noticed by several crypto industry figures. MicroStrategy co-founder Michael Saylor shared the video with his 3 million Twitter followers on April the 23rd, stating that, quote, even the WEF is recognizing the environmental benefits of Bitcoin mining. Meanwhile, Kristen Cranley, a director at the advocacy group uh, called the Texas Blockchain Council, pointed out in an April 23rd tweet that the video didn't once mention the B word. 
One user suggested in a tweet that the WEF wasn't allowed to mention Bitcoin because of their previous standpoint, which has included advocacy for changing Bitcoin's code to proof of stake, citing the environmental impact of its current consensus mechanism. Crusoe expanded its Bitcoin mining assets through the acquisition of the operating assets of portable BTC mining operator Great American Mining back in October of 2022. The acquisition added over 10 megawatts of Crusoe's mining output along with approximately 40 or no, sorry, 4,000 ASICs <clears throat> or application specific integrated circuit crypto mining rigs. In June of 2022, Crusoe Energy partnered with the government of Oman, a country that exports 21% of its gas production and seeks zero gas flaring by 2030. Crusoe will open an office in Oman's capital city of Muscat, and install its equipment for capturing gas waste at well sites to use as compute power for crypto mining. So this, this whole thing about, the, let me read this part to you again. One user suggested in a tweet that the WEF wasn't allowed to mention BTC because of their previous standpoint and their advocacy of changing Bitcoin's code to proof of stake. No, they're just never going to mention Bitcoin, not because of that, because they have a vested interest in keeping the power at central banks because what? Well, they control the people that go into the central banks or they have some say in what they do. How, I don't know, but it's become clear that the World Economic Forum, the IMF, the UN, and all these whatever, they're just like a giant cohort and it's just the name of a different party, right? The WEF's meeting, you go to Davos, you go to like, I don't know, like a UN general council meeting or so. It's all, it's just nothing but a party. Most of the people are the same players. It's just a different party. You know, it's like if you were a New York City socialite. Oh, it's the spring party over at the McDonough's. Oh, it's the fall party over here. It's the same guest list. They're all working together and they have absolutely no interest in you having any financial stability they don't want you having financial freedom. They don't want you to be able to make financial decisions. I'm sure they're pissed off even if you're using the ability to buy shares in a hedge fund because you shouldn't be able to, to make a phone call and have your certified pub or certified financial advisor uh, be able to do that. You should, they, your CFA should literally be controlled by the same people that control the money. So I'm just saying it has nothing to do with them looking bad because they want proof of stake that they didn't mention Bitcoin. They're not mentioning Bitcoin because it completely guts their control over pretty much everything. Now let's go to North Carolina where the house has introduced a bill that would prohibit payment to the state in Bitcoin. Before you lose your mind, hold up. Let's get through this one. Bitcoin Magazine, BTC Casey. <coughs> Excuse me, pardon me. Hmm. The General Assembly of North Carolina has introduced a bill that would ban the usage of Bitcoin as payment to the state or state agencies. According to a source familiar with the matter, the original intent of the introduction of this bill was to prevent the usage of CBDCs in the state. However, the wording in the bill encompasses cryptocurrency and Bitcoin instead of CBDCs, and it appears to be a direct anti-Bitcoin and cryptocurrency usage bill. 
The bill, which carries the short title, No Cryptocurrency Payments to State, and is sponsored by House Representatives Warren and Brody, provides two definitions. It defines cryptocurrency as a digital or virtual currency that relies on cryptography to effect transfers and a decentralized network to record transactions and a state agency as any institution, bureau, board, commission, officer, or political subdivision of the state. The bill then proclaims that no state agency shall accept a payment using cryptocurrency and that the act is effective when it becomes law. Although short, the bill would be a step in the wrong direction for the state, which just recently saw other legislation pushed forward to halt Bitcoin mining operations in the county encompassing the city of Asheville. The source familiar with the matter stated that it is likely that this bill will be contested and that efforts to educate legislatures, legislators will likely take place. And again, this is why we need people like the Bitcoin Policy Institute. They're not always going to get it right. Sure, they've probably already done something that's pissed you straight off. I get it. I understand. But they're trying. And in many, many cases, they've helped legislators understand if you word it like this, X, Y, Z is going to happen. But if you word it like this, ABC will happen and we'll all be happy. That's why you need people. And this is one of the things that drives me fucking crazy. It's lobbying. And I don't like lobbying because most of the lobbyists seem, the, the, the ones that actually get shit done are the lobbyists I don't want getting anything done. And yet, the Bitcoin Policy Institute is a bit, if not completely, a lobby group. And I can't, it's very difficult for me to reconcile the two. I can't say I hate all lobbyists and say, well, but, you know, Bitcoin Policy Institute. That, that just, that doesn't, so I'm having difficulty reconciling this shit. But beyond the fact, you, my difficulty reconciling shit aside, right? BPI is, is that's, these are the people that you would want to step in, in this particular case. This is exactly what BPI does. So if you get it, if you get a snoofle and you want to support somebody in Bitcoin, consider supporting the Bitcoin Policy Institute. And we'll see if they come in to try to help these guys out because God knows these, these guys need help. Um, <clears throat> sorry, Arjit Sarkar up with the next one. Chinese city public servants to receive digital yuan salaries starting in May. It sounds like they don't have a choice. Let's find out. Coin Telegraph. The Chinese city of Changshu has stated that all civil servants in its jurisdiction will be paid their full salaries in digital yuan starting May. 2023, according to local reports. According to a notice issued by financial authorities in the city, civil servants, including those in public service, public institutions, and state-owned units at all levels will be compensated in digital yuan. An on-site staff member of a local hospital reportedly confirmed that the workforce would receive payments in digital yuan starting next month. In addition, reporters were told that employees can opt for digital yuan settlements through self-service terminals. 
Oh boy. On February the 6th, multiple Chinese governments gave away over 180 million yuan of central bank digital currency during the Lunar New Year. Do you have anything else about this shit? Yeah, all that goes into the, is the history. So the real meat up here is that according to the language written by, well, in this Cointelegraph article, they don't have a choice. Do you have it? Do I have to go over the implications of that? They don't have a choice. Now, am I absolutely certain of that? No, I am not. But it would not surprise me that it's just going to happen. And that if you go like, I don't know what, what the Chinese equivalent of human resources, you know, Karen is. But if you go up to Karen up in HR and say, you know what? I kind of still want to get paid uh, my WAN, the, the regular WAN, and I want it, you know, by check that I can go, you know, deposit in my bank. Is that no? I'm, I'm pretty sure the answer is going to be no. That, no, this is the way that we're paying you now. That, that this is really frightening. Now, let's take a breath and think about this. China is so far ahead of the entire world in its CBDC. And I think this is a good thing. I would not want it to have been, I don't know, like let's say somebody, you know, a country that's fairly decent, like Switzerland. Um, and when I mean fairly decent, I'm, fair, I'm talking fairly decent. All countries have their problems, but let's just say I'm pretty sure that Switzerland isn't as bad as China when it regards the way that they look at their, their population. Um, Switzerland or Liechtenstein, I just like saying the name, and they're, they seem to be pretty good Joes. If they, let's say that they were ahead in CBDCs, you really wouldn't be able to see just how bad of an idea this is for the future of humanity, the future of freedom, the future of freedom of speech, the future of freedom be, to be able to defend yourself. Because honestly, they're, you know, these guys are pretty good Joes. I mean, freaking was it in, is it, is it Switzerland that I think people are actually required to have firearms? I don't know if that's true. I hear it all the time. I don't know if it's true. Hey, if you're listening to me and you're, you know, like you, you're Swiss, give me a boostagram and let me know if, if that's correct, because I like that idea in either event, but that's not what's happening, is it? It's not Switzerland that's going to pioneer the CBDC. The people pioneering the CBDC is exactly the country you want pioneering this level of evil. Because as the rest of the world is, they're talking about how great the CBDC is. If China does what I think China's going to do, they're going to show time and time and time and time and time again, just how bad this is. Forcing people to get paid in it is the first fucking step of that, isn't it? Then they're going to force people to use the company store. And then... Only certain items in the company store. You can't drink alcohol. You can forget about smoking cigarettes, not unless you plan on growing the tobacco yourself, using newspaper as the rolling paper and figure out how to dry and cure and, you know, make it to where the tobacco actually works as tobacco. No, you're not going to be able to do that shit. You won't be able to go in, I don't know, go to a whorehouse 
Sure, you probably shouldn't go to a whorehouse. I'm just saying that if that's what you want to do with cash money, you can go do that. You can go gamble if you want. I don't gamble. I don't like either going to whorehouses. I've never been to one, so maybe I would like it. I don't think so. I'm married. I don't give a shit. Gambling, I've never understood it. But I don't want to force somebody to not be able to gamble. This CBDC, this is, in my opinion, this is actually good news. They're going to be the billboard for the world of why you shouldn't do this. They will be the billboard of the world for the people that are in power over all countries at the, at the, federal, at the federal levels and at levels like the UN, the IMF, the WF, the Council of Foreign Relations, all that kind of stuff. Those guys won't, they, they understand the evil, but they're evil themselves. So they're going to love what that billboard says. That advertisement is going to speak to the own, whatever their version of positive nature inside them is, it's going to speak to that. But to the world's population that sees it, if we're allowed to see what's happening, I don't know what's going to happen with mainstream media. I know we're going to replace it, but between then and now, between now and then, I don't know. Will we see it? I think we will. We're going to see the most draconian usages of what controlled, 100% controlled money is capable of and people are going to get scared and they're not going to want to use this shit. This is the best thing that could have happened because of all the countries in the world that I want in control of the world's first CBDC and to be the poster child of it, it's China. There's an old saying, there's an old Vulcan saying, only Nixon could go to China. You figure it out while you do. Let's do this one. Crypto scammers used artificial intelligence to create a fake CEO. Regulators say decrypt.co. Jason Nelson is writing this one. Artificial intelligence is so hot right now. And crypto scams haven't slowed down one bit. And allegedly, some scammers are mashing them up to deceive and swindle would-be investors, including creating fake AI-generated CEO and try and dupe people. This week, the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation announced its latest efforts to protect residents from crypto scams, sending cease and desist orders to five companies that it claims attempted to profit from the AI hype train. The agency's latest targets are Max Max Pred, okay, Max Spread Technologies, Harvest Keeper, Vizik Capital, Coinbot, and Quant Fund who the DFPI accused of each offering unqualified securities and making false promises to investors. The DFPI accused the companies of making exaggerated claims about generating high returns using AI for crypto trading and layered in multi-level marketing tactics to lure in unsuspecting victims. In addition to trying to scam investors out of money, Max Spread Technologies is alleged to have attempted to trick investors about the identity of the CEO using a fake AI-generated avatar programmed to recite a script. In a YouTube video posted to its official MaxSpread account on April the 8th, a claimed CEO named Michael Vaines gives an address about the company's launch, but the agency claims that it's not a real person. MaxSpread's real CEO is actually Jan Gregory, who the company has called its chief marketing officer and its corporate brand manager. 
<laughs> Another company, Harvest Keeper, allegedly hired an actor to play its CEO. No AI-generated leaders in sight in that case, although the firm did claim to use AI to maximize crypto trading returns. Quote, Scammers are taking advantage of the recent buzz around artificial, artificial intelligence to entice investors into bogus schemes. We will continue our efforts to save California consumers and investors by going after these unscrupulous actors. Oh my. Labeling them Ponzi schemes, the California regulator said that investors were told that if they invested funds, the companies would use their knowledge, skill, experience, and AI assistance to trade crypto assets and generate incredible profits for investors. Quote, in each case, these claims are false, the DFPI wrote, saying the companies promised between 0.6% and 4.8% daily returns on investments. The cease and desist letters are the latest in California regulators' actions to stamp out crypto crime in the state. Following the collapse of FTX, the DFPI joined other state regulators in opening an investigation into the cryptocurrency exchange and its founder, Sam Bankman-Fried. In December, the DFPI ordered MyConstant to cease offering select crypto products as the DFPI prohibited the sale of securities, including its primary lending platform and interest-bearing accounts. Quote, the entities named have been ordered to stop operating in California because they have violated securities laws. This means no selling or even offering investments like these to California residents. Although it was targeted by the California agency, the MacSpread Technologies website claims that it and its affiliates do not target customers or operate in the United States. MacSpread, HarvestKeeper, Visit Capital, CoinBot, and QuantFund, none of them responded to Decrypt's request for comment. Of course, because they're fucking scams. I told you, I told you this would happen. And it's not going to stop. They are just getting started. Remember what I was saying about the synergies between Bitcoin and Noster and how we don't fully understand what the potential of Bitcoin is and we sure as shit don't understand the potential of Noster and now when you shove them together like a peanut butter cup, we certainly don't know what the hell can fall out of that. This is the same. Except this one is evil. Noster and Bitcoin as a synergy is not evil. It can be used for evil and will be used for evil, but it is not. The use of AI to dupe people through videos, through fake websites, through spinning up coins, through AI supposed trading bots, it's all, it's already all on the table. I just laid it out for you, but that poker game ain't ending anytime soon. It's just one more shard of ablative armor for Bitcoin. So let them go. Flood the market with all this bullshit. You go out and you dupe as many dumbass motherfuckers as you possibly can because I'm just tired of caring. I'm just, I just can't anymore. Nobody will learn their lessons. I, it's a, for a great mass of humanity, it's a lost cause, I guess. All we can do is the same thing. We buy Bitcoin, we hold Bitcoin, we stay humble, we stack sats, and we educate the living shit out of anybody that's even remotely within our reach, which means that we've got to be careful how we act. That goes back to Talia's piece <coughs> or Talia's piece about when the, te- when the t- student is ready, the teacher will appear. Be the teacher that appears, but 
don't beat people over the head with it because otherwise you may convert them into somebody who's looking for an artificial intelligence generated CEO. Remember, if you are new to crypto or Bitcoin, you may not remember the fabulous environment that was 2017. Whole websites for shitcoins were being spun up and an entire staff of people where like their pictures were shown about the company, the CEO's picture, the CTO's picture, the COO's picture, just, I mean, a fully stocked C-suite of completely fake individuals that were literally just pulled off the internet. No, seriously. It was, and it wasn't just one. It wasn't just 10. It was dozens, if not hundreds. And that was a scam. That was the whole way because you had to have good looking people in suits with red ties, you know, or, you know, smart, you know, smart business attire for the women and smart business attire for the men smiling. And they were beautiful people and none of them were ugly. And it was like an entire C-suite. Like we're talking like nine full fucking positions and none of them were real. And what happened? They made off with a lot of money. That's just pictures on a website. Now you got the ability to crank out 30 minute infomercials that are completely fake. And you really don't know how to do all that. You know, have to know how to do all that much. Used to be the day that you had to build and rig a human character in 3D modeling. And that took months. And then be able to animate that rigging to make it do something for 30 seconds took for every 30 seconds of animation you see on the screen. It's like, 12 hours of human labor to get done. And that's just the animation. That has nothing to do with rendering and compositing and all the special effects. That's just a trying to get a biped to walk across the screen for 30 seconds. That's 12 hours of work minimum. Not to mention the building of the model and the rigging of the model, which takes months, right? No, no, now we can have it all in 30 seconds and we can post it to YouTube just as fast. Be, her, I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Be, be so careful. And this one, you this is the one where even if the student isn't ready, you better start telling people that they're going to get scammed, that they're going to end up listening to a fake CEO of some shitcoin company, and they're going to buy into it, and they're never going to know that it was an AI-generated CEO because people are not prepared for this shit. That's the one that I think I can break my rule of when the student is ready, the teacher will come. Not, not right here. Not this one. This one's dangerous. And it's going to get a lot of people wrecked again, as if they weren't wrecked to, you know, to death already. I don't know who's left to survive, but be that as it may, let's, let's run the numbers. CNBC futures and commodities uh, trending. Now Tucker Carlson is leaving Fox news in wake of the dominion defamation settlement. Uh, if you weren't aware uh, dominion somehow or another, probably because they bought the judge won their defamation suit against, I think all of Fox. I don't think it's just Tucker Carlson. I think he's just named in that suit, but it's so bad that Tucker Carlson leaving Fox. 
hopefully, and I'm, it's not that I'm for Tucker Carlson or against Tucker Carlson. He needs to make the decision as to whether or not he's going to be part of the new media that me and you are helping to build, or he's just going to go to CNBC. I mean, if he's going to go to CNBC or one of the legacy things, then we kind of have a, a good clue as to where his heart really is. Is it heart is your heart in shitloads of cash and yachts and chicks and bathing suits, or is it in doing something for humanity? We'll have to see. But West Texas Intermediate is up 1.12% to $78.74. Brenton North Sea likewise up one and a quarter to 82.67. Natural gas up almost a full point to 225 a thousand. And gasoline is up one and a quarter to two dollars and 63 cents. And for the first time in my neck of the woods over on Eastern Washington, the price of gasoline has increased from $3.99 a gallon to $4.29 over there at the Safeway. Metals are mixed. Gold, eh, it's up a third of a point. It's still under $2,000 an ounce. Silver is up three quarters of a point to 25.23. Platinum is down three and a half. Copper is down 0.69. Palladium falling off a cliff, 4.63% to the downside. Ag is pretty much mixed. The biggest winner today is who? Oh, it's sugar. Your good friend sugar is up 4.11%. Biggest loser is wheat, which is just basically sugar, only different. 1.23% to the downside. I got live cattle down 0.06%. Lean hogs up well just over a point. Feeder cattle are down a half, however, and the Dow is down scant 0.05. S&P is down 0.2. NASDAQ down 0.6. S&P mini down 0.16%. Real money chilling out at 27,369.8 United States dollars. That's after a measly quarter million Bitcoin have been sent around the horn in the last 24 hours. By the way, mempools have cleared or were clear as of yesterday. Uh, We got 0.62 BTC is the average transaction value in, this can't be right, but I'll read it anyway. 0.0003 BTC as the median transaction value. Uh, That's $9.10. I've never seen that before once while reading bitinfocharts.com. So I'm just going to assume that it's a mistake. Block times are slightly high, 10 minutes and eight seconds. I got 0.11 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis and 16 and a half taken in fees overall in the last 24 hour period with a what, where is it? Oh, a 5.26% drop in hash rate. We are at 341.37 exahashes per second. Dogecoin slipping to, of course, all the altcoins are basically follow Bitcoin. So 7.8 United States pennies. That tells you what your shitcoin field is doing. $527.6 billion is the market capitalization of Bitcoin. You may now only buy 13.7 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,355,043.21 of. And 5,375.9 of those are in the Lightning Network valued at well under 150 million at $146.6 million. Wow. Uh, 74,000 
106 payment channels that we know about and 66.6 number of the beast 66.6% of all of it's being run over Tor. I got a minus 2.8% estimated difficulty change coming up on May the 4th, 2023. Let's look at mempools. Okay, mempools filled back up a little bit, not by much though. It looks like 12 blocks are waiting to clear mempools and each <clears throat> and to, in total they contain 36,637 transactions that are unconfirmed. Low priority uh, transactions are going to cost you 17 satoshis per V-byte. High priority is the same, 17 satoshis per V-byte. That's about 65 cents across the board. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for vitals. Welcome to part two of the snooze that you can use. And apparently y'all didn't snooze. I was number one in the fountain charts all over the weekend. I said I was, you know, I told y'all about being in the number one spot on Friday. I stayed there Saturday. I stayed there Sunday. I'm there today. I didn't do that. You did that. Thank you. That helps discovery of the show. And I need discovery of the show because I'm getting to the point where I I can't even fool myself into believing that I want to go back to work in Normieville. It's becoming, I'm going to have to do it probably, but I can do this. I can do this. I can produce this show still every day. Even if I did, it would just, it kind of wipe me. Well, it wouldn't wipe me out. But I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to get back into doing that shit unless, unless, unless I can get this show to actually generate all the income that I need. And I am not looking to be rich. I got other, I got other fish in pans all behind me that I don't talk about. That's, I'll work on that part to build actual wealth. I want this show to be able to pay bills, just bills. It may be a mortgage, right? If I can do that, then I can stay away from having to go back to Normieville and keep my, do you have any idea how hard it would be to keep my lips shut on almost everything said in an office environment? You have any idea what that would do to me mentally? I'm, again, I'm asking for your help to make sure that I don't go lose my ever loving mind by having to go back to Normieville. But you guys are doing your, your share here, Nick underscore dose on episode 709, uh, 2,345 sats says cheers. And I got some, uh, hold on, what is this one? Solo Balbo with uh, 1,021 says the orange pill app. Why is it's paid subscription and fiat only? That is my question. And I forgot to talk about that part. I'm not seeing a pay in Bitcoin situation or a pay over Lightning Network situation. Uh, hammer the Orange Pill app, guys, and say, you know what? I would do it, but I'm not going to do it for fiat. If you want to trade the Satoshis I give you and the amount you know that reflects the amount of $3 to be able to do this, then you be able to do that. And I, I But I want to pay you in Satoshis. And if you're, if you're not going to do that, then away with you. All right. So hammer the orange pill app guys to figure out a way to get them 
to do the right thing, and that's to take Satoshi's over the Lightning Network. Because otherwise, even, you know, I'm like, I was looking at it the other day Go after I talked about it going, shit, I totally forgot about the fact that it's this, this, this subscription thing, which I don't mind. $3 a month is not that bad, but I'm not doing, doing that in fiat. I know if we want the circular economy, then you're going to have to participate in the circular economy. Just saying chief monkey with 500 sats says chief monkey. And a solo Balbo again says 210 with 210 sats says it's been changed. Thankfully. Oh, okay. Maybe they already got to it. Okay. So hold on, hold on to the venom, go check out orange pill app. See if they've done that shit. If they haven't, then you can get all over their ass. Pleb hodl hundred sats says you're so on point mate. The elite at the moment have completely warped our understanding of capitalism, communism, et cetera, et cetera. I think people would better explain their positions by actually stating the specific points that they are passionate about, be it environment, health, et cetera. Many that would otherwise feel at odds with their neighbors would likely find they have much more in common than they realized. Much love, my Bitcoin brother. Much love back to you. Seriously, dude. Seriously, hold on. I got to get back to something. There we go. Episode. Now this one. Oh, shit. Man, I am screwing this one up. Trying to get to episode 710, uh, which was Friday show. Was it Friday show? Boosts. A, a boob. A boob boost. Based underscore Batman 21 says, love the tree talk. Keep it up. Fatoshi with 7,778 sats. Almost a striper. Just a little bit over the edge to the what? The seventh resolves to the first. That's a whole music thing that I think uh, Fatoshi is, is trying to tell me that he understood the reference that I was making about like major thirds, major fifths, and diminished seconds, you know, and, and this, the, the, the devil note, the sixth note. <clears throat> we won't get into it. I think that's what he's trying to say. Anyway, he says, uh, Bitcoin, the goose and the golden egg. And he gives a YouTube link, and I probably will forget to put that in the show notes because this is basically, we're doing it live, brothers and sisters. We're doing it live. O2ZX with 2500 says, appreciate the reading list suggestions. My brain has suffered from economizing on reading. Obsidian is a great tool for organizing thoughts and code. Appreciate that too. Nick underscore dose with 2345 says, cheers. Jory underscore X underscore McKee with a row of ducks. 2222 says, when I first got into woodworking many years ago, I bought some Osage orange for some little project. I suspect it might make a nice fingerboard for a guitar or a mandolin. Mesquite is another pretty and dense native wood. Yeah, mesquite is also a legume. Be careful with that, though. It can uh, get away from you really fast. Uh, Fatoshi with 1066 says, just catching up regarding communism. What happened in its name is obviously horrific. However, Marx was pretty good. Uh Uh-oh. Not advocating for Marxism, whatever that means, but people who talk about what Marx said seem to have good points. Feels like I'm marketing. Okay, ignore me. 1066, the marketing was the church. Love the show. Yeah, the marketing was the church. And well, especially coming out of the Dark Ages, the church was basically the mainstream media. And they did exactly what we're doing now. Running bullshit narratives. It's all fake. 
And it's not that I have anything directly. I'm not saying anything about God or Jesus or Christianity in general, right? Your faith in those things is up to you. But the iron law of bureaucracy hammers everything. And if it's created by mankind or humans, it will be hammered by the iron law of bureaucracy, which means no matter what the original mission was, the mission always becomes protecting the institution and not the mission. The Catholic Church went through it, still going through it. All the churches are going through it. Your relationship with God, whether you call him God, Allah, Jehovah, I don't care. That's your personal relationship, and it has nothing to do with church. It has nothing to do with religion. Faith is what you have, and that's difficult. That's a difficult concept for people to understand. Say, well, you believe in Jesus, but look at what the Catholics did. I'm like, yeah, but Jesus didn't do that, and Jesus would probably be aboard, you know, aboard at what happened, all through, you know, witch hunts, uh, the Inquisition pedophilia, you name it, man, it's there. It ain't fake. No one's making it up. It's not a conspiracy theory. That shit happened. And Jesus was probably, you know, terribly disappointed in all those people that were involved, even though that they're the Catholic church. Got us. We got to think in a different way. Your faith, not your faith in a church or a religion, your faith in what you think God is and if you believe in Jesus, your faith in that relationship. But the rest of it, eh, it doesn't really matter. A thousand sats from God's death says another banger. A thousand sats from Dubrovko says, really looking forward to both of those books for my liberal friends. He's talking about the books that I mentioned on the show. 121 sats from Bitcoin Kook uh, emojis. And uh, ooh, from Noster with 100 sats says, Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. I certainly, certainly will. Now, let's do, let's do this. Let's get this shit done. I got decentralized Twitter alternatives. Blue Sky and Noster are growing, but with some growing pains. Decrypt.co, Ryan Ozawa is writing it. Blue Sky and Noster, two separate Twitter-like social platforms. Jesus, he's, first sentence, and he's wrong. Let's do it again. Blue Sky and Noster, two separate Twitter-like social platforms, both decentralized, are both backed by Twitter co-founder Jack Dorsey and growing rapidly as Elon Musk continues to make controversial changes to Twitter itself. Um, I am disinclined to read the rest of this. I wanted, and I'm not going to. <clears throat> I put this up here because of this first sentence. The very first sentence got everything wrong. And I, I, I just need to reiterate, Noster is not a platform. Zapster.live is a platform. Domus is a platform. Noster is a protocol. The differences between the two, it's, it's like... What's another way to put this? I don't really know how to put it other than Noster is the gasoline that the car runs on. If you run out of gas, that car ain't going nowhere. 
It's a platform and you need a protocol for it to run on. If there were no roads, unless you have a four wheel drive vehicle, your sedan that is like two inches off the ground ain't going nowhere, right? The road is the plat is, is the protocol. The car is the platform. What is there any other way? Uh, the uh, F-22 fighter jet. It's a weapons platform. What's the protocol? I don't know. Central bank policy. Who gives a shit? My point is, Nostra is a protocol and many platforms can be built upon the protocol. And Twitter, a so or social media like platform was one of the first things built on top of Nostr. I guess because we were, I mean, that seemed to be the most pressing need of the time because all the shit that was going on with Facebook and Instagram and all the rest of them and Twitter and blah, blah, we needed something that was going to harness the decentralized platform or protocol that is Nostr. And we built platforms on top of it and they just happen to be social media, but now we're getting stuff like the ability to have a music player that is Noster platform, not only enabled, it, it's built on the protocol. It's a platform that is built on the protocol, but it's not social media, although there's aspects of it, like you can comment and, and reply to comments and stuff like that, but it's essentially a music player, right? So if you didn't listen to the first part of the show for whatever reason, go look at Zapster, dot live. I, I think you'll be highly, highly thrilled. I'm, God knows I am. Ooh, I'm not going to do that one today. That's a little too long. Normies don't actually care about decentralization. According to Arthur Hayes, you might want to listen up. Arthur Hayes, say what you want about the guy, but uh, I love this. I love this dude. Andre Bogansky tells us more. Decrypt.co. Decentralization may be core to crypto's DNA, but the same cannot be said about people's preferences when engaging with digital assets, according to Arthur Hayes. The distribution of decision-making and control is an essential component of Satoshi Nakamoto's vision for Bitcoin in 2008, well before the dawn of the digital asset industry. But Hayes, the former CEO of cryptocurrency exchange BitMEX, suggested this central tenant is not important to the masses. Quote, at the end of the day, the average person doesn't actually care about decentralization or centralization. If you want to actually become your own financial institution and take control of the destiny of your finances, that's there for you to do at this point, but it's harder to use, he said on the latest uh, episode of Decrypt's GM podcast. Digital assets are decentralized in the sense that they do not require financial institutions for someone to maintain ownership of their funds or conduct transactions, yet millions of people opt to rely on centralized institutions that offer frictionless crypto-related products and services, Hayes claimed, making the technology more palatable for the masses. Quote, a good price, a good product, a good user experience. That's all the majority of you will ever care and will care about in the future. There are plenty of centralized entities in the digital asset industry today, including major exchanges like Binance or Coinbase, 
But as crypto crashed last year, scrutiny of centralized actors like FTX intensified, fueled by the company's apparent mismanagement at the hands of former CEO Sam Bankman-Fried. A common catchphrase invoked in crypto is not your keys, not your crypto. No, it's coins. That was the original one. Not your keys, not your coins. And that was, uh, uh, oh, the Greek guy. Andreas Antonopoulos, that he's the one that coined that. And he didn't say crypto. He said, not your keys, not your coins. Shame on you, decrypt.co for pointing people in a, in a different direction. Anyway, the adage is popular among those who adhere strongly to the fundamental ideas of the technology. Yet from Hayes's point of view, Centralized players provide a crucial middle ground, allowing people to participate in owning crypto without requiring them to navigate the complexity of financial sovereignty entirely upon their own. Quote, most people don't want anything to do with running their finances. They want to have meaningful work, save some money, and provide for their family. End quote. Non-custodial wallets and decentralized exchanges are notable examples of how crypto doesn't require financial intermediaries to serve as an asset, but Hayes suggested that there's a lack of demand for decentralized crypto products because the impact it has on the bottom line when it comes to investing is somewhat negligible to most people. Hayes pointed to inflation as something that provokes greater engagement in quote-unquote crypto than the concept of decentralization which he said can create speculators out of everyone. Further, the notion that wages for the average worker are not keeping up with increases in the cost of living stokes more involvement in financial markets, whether that's trading crypto, gold, stocks, or any other asset, Hayes posited. He added that whether or not a decentralized crypto product is eventually widely adopted by the masses will likely be determined by factors outside of crypto, such as inflation, or the recent banking crisis in the United States based on how much those events could disrupt their lives. Hayes noted the fear among depositors in Silicon Valley Bank that they would not be made whole when the bank failed last month is one recent example. It was the second largest failure of a bank in the United States history. Even then, it might not ever get to the point where the average person manages their own crypto or trades on a decentralized exchange, he said, But that might still be okay, because not everyone has a desire to run their own finances, regardless of crypto's future learning curve. Hayes said he believes the balance between centralization and decentralization could change over time as decentralized crypto products become more robust. Quote, hopefully there are more people working on solutions that make that easier to use so that competition is a little bit more fair, he said. Okay, for those of you that are out there that hated every single word of that, you've got to understand something. Arthur Hayes is not wrong. We can talk about decentralization all we like and twice on Sunday, and it's not going to move the temperature of anybody's water in their pool by one degree either way, because he's right. Most people are so distracted by the bullshit that is continuously tumbling upon them from up on high that they can't, they don't have the mental energy left guys 
it's not the people that exist now. It's the children that are coming up. And we always focus on the children, right? That makes me no better than, I don't know, name an institution of indoctrination and we'll just go with that. That makes me no better than them. However, I truly humbly believe that Bitcoin is the only way out of this mess for the future generations. So we got to teach them how to use it. And that that's an entire trope of mine is... How do I get my children to run my node after I'm dead? I don't know the answer to that, ladies and gentlemen. But it marries in directly with what Arthur Hayes is trying to say here. Generally speaking, most people on this planet don't give one whit about decentralization. They will always care more about convenience. Some people will change their tune. And God willing, a whole bunch of them will, but I'm not, I'm not holding out hope, right? It's always, you're talking about generations of people that have been raised in complacency and convenience. How do you expect them to go for the hard when it's always been easy? It's not, it's, it's just not, it's, it's just not going to happen. Not in mass. It's one of the reasons why when people talk about hyper-Bitcoinization is going to happen faster than you think. No, it's not. And, I, and I'm totally okay with that. I mean, shit, I don't need it to be fast. If it was fast, it, well, I've, I've made that argument before. If hyper-Bitcoinization happened tomorrow, you're talking about cities burning down. You know, sure, if you're holding Bitcoin, you're happy. But dude, the effects, the, the how hyper-Bitcoinization happens at that speed is going to because it completely destroys economies around the world. I'm not sure I want that to happen. If you want it to happen, that's fine. I, I get it. But I, I'm just saying, we live in this weird interstitial time. We were born or we're alive at this point. This is for my, the way that I look at it, I am alive and of the age that I am for the exact reasons that God wants me to be. Because I am a Christian. I do believe in God. I do believe in Jesus. I don't really care that much about churches. I'm an Episcopal, and I do like the Episcopal church, but I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to just say, oh, well, because the Episcopal church said it, then I got to believe it. No, 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 no. My relationship with God and Jesus is completely my own. And anybody who says how I should treat the relationship can go walk off a cliff for all I care because it's none of their damn business, right? But getting back to the indoctrination thing, eh, how do I get my kids to run the node? This is far beyond how to use a wallet, what a Satoshi is, how Bitcoin works, and all that, although the note is part of how Bitcoin works. No, it's the physical act of them looking at me saying, don't worry, Dad, I'm going to run the node when you're, when you're gone. And hopefully they'll have their nodes online by the time that they're of college age. And I'm not sure if they're going to go to college because that shit is a clown show too. Everything's burning down, right? It's the notion, if, if I could only write one instruction manual that was persuasive enough to get the next generation to do something. It would literally be to run your ancestral nodes from your ancestors, to take on 
that hard drive and to continue those lightning channels and to continue connecting to peers and continue to monitor what the software is. Has core been subverted at one point or another after I'm dead? Have they tried to increase to 42 million? How do I make sure that they understand that running the node is also adhering to the consensus rules like the 10 commandments? I don't know, but that would be the book that I would write. I don't know what words that I would put in there to to get that point across, but if I could only write one thing in my life that was actually effective, it would be running the node after your mom and dad are dead. Maybe I should write it, I don't know, but we have more Arthur Hayes. Arthur Hayes is, (laughs) as as commander-in-chief of what was BitMEX, if you weren't listening to him back then, you do need to be listening to him now. He's one of the oldest guys in the industry. And even if you're gagging when I say the industry, it is an industry. You can't get around it. But he's one of the oldest guys in it. He's seen it all. He's seen it twice. Arthur Hayes, market makers knew they'd be front run on FTX. It was, quote, common knowledge. Andrew Asmakov, Decrypt.co. Anyone familiar with crypto trading had a pretty good spidey sense that something just wasn't right with the now bankrupt digital asset exchange FTX, according to Arthur Hayes. The former BitMEX CEO claims that just about everyone knew that the failed cryptocurrency exchange FTX was a little bit shady, but most investors in the company were blinded by their greed, he says. In a scathing attack on the ethics of the broader crypto industry during a recent guest appearance on the Decrypt podcast, Hayes said he's sure investors knew, just knew, that FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried was running some sort of public image game. But as long as SBF was successful and made them money, investors were willing to ignore the disgraced founder's methods, said Hayes. Quote, If you actually ask people who know about trading, you would know that there was latency arbitrage happening on the exchange, referring to a trading strategy used by investors to capitalize on minor price discrepancies for the same asset across different markets. Quote, market makers did not want to trade on FTX because they knew they were going to be front run. This stuff was common knowledge, Hayes said. Front running is taking advantage of pre-market knowledge to buy or sell before other trades have been executed. According to November report from crypto compliance firm Argus, FTX's sister trading firm Alameda Research would routinely front run token listings on FTX. Quote, everybody knew that this exchange was a little bit shady, but it didn't matter, right? Because they were still around, and this is crypto, right? Continued Hayes, adding that everyone had their spidey sense of something might not have been right. Yep, and we completely screwed that up. FTX, whose valuation ballooned to $32 billion by early 2022, collapsed in November. Yes, we know. Bankman Fried has since been arrested and charged. Yes, we know. To bolster its image, FTX used endorsements from celebrities like Tom Brady and Larry David. Yes, we understand that. When asked whether it would be possible in the future to spot people who fit that type of archetype and call it out before billions of dollars are gone again, Hayes said that in the case of SBF, 
People did call it out. It's just that everybody stood to make a lot of money if he was successful, whether you agreed with his business perspective or not, said Arthur Hayes. Continuing, he said, if you were a TradFi person, you wanted a foothold into crypto and you wanted your type of person who was in charge of the leading exchange. If you were a crypto person, you thought that Sam had the ear of regulators globally and he could help push the agenda for crypto. So everybody was invested in him being successful and were willing to not look too much deeper beneath the disservice. That's the crux. It's the greed being that's that blinds us all. And that that those the lenses of greed can be shoved in front of your face in a split second. And that's what happened here. Nobody even I mean, I remember vaguely asking the question when when I first heard about FTX. And I was saying because I wanted to watch FTX because of their insane amount of this insane amount of Bitcoin that they said that they were buying. It was like freaking every month. It was like 10,000 here and, you know, the other 10,000 and 20,000. And I kept watching it. And sometimes I would say stupid shit like, is this good for Bitcoin? I'd say, of course it's good for Bitcoin. They're buying Bitcoin. But there was something that I did question is, is like, has anybody heard of this exchange before? How come it's all of a sudden just here? But I didn't really examine that. And it's not because of greed. I had nothing to do with FTX. I didn't trade on it. I didn't buy stock in it. I, or I, I can't remember. I think they went, I think they were listed on the NYSE or something. I, but I didn't hold any, I had no connection to FTX other than I was just wondering where the hell did it come from? and how much Bitcoin they were buying and the size of the buys that they were making when they were buying Bitcoin. And that was really the only questioning that I ever gave it because I too got clouded up with the excessive amount of expenditures the company started doing that I now realize was just a marketing ploy. It was just to give them some kind of credence, some kind of street cred as it were, when they bought the arena and put FTX on it. And they were buying other shit. They bought a lot of stuff. And that was used to cloud my own question of who are these people and where the hell did they come from? I think I might've asked that question all of twice verbally on this podcast. No more than that. Cause I, my vision was immediately clouded by fake street cred. Nobody gets out of this shit alive, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how much you tell people that you're observant. No, you, I mean, the, when I listen to No Agenda, uh, Dvorak and Curry, Adam Curry's podcast, I'm amazed at what they catch. And that's why I listen to that show all the time is that I'm trying to learn myself. Like the advice I gave my daughter. How to see through the bullshit. How to see through the bullshit. No agenda will teach you how to do that, but you got to listen to it, right? You got to listen carefully to what they're listening to and then figure out what they're catching and then ask yourself, did I miss that when I was listening to it? And 95% of the time you're going to say, especially when you first start listening, you're going to miss it. And when they pick it up, you'll go, holy shit. And you'll start to really question narratives at that point. So 
Let's see if I got anything else. Uh, China to expand CBDC use case for the Belt and Road Initiative. I'm not going to read it. That's all. That's the only thing you need to know. They're going to expand their CBDC for the Belt and Road Initiative, which means they're going to try to get that digital wand everywhere, everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. They want it everywhere, and they're already forcing their own people, their own state employees to use it, at least in the situation of that one city. That's just a trial balloon. How many people are, you know, they're trying, they want to gauge how many people react poorly. And if there's just enough people to react poorly that's outside that they deem that's kind of outside their control, they'll release the brakes a little bit. They'll they'll or or they'll put the brakes on just a little bit. And they'll try again later. And they'll keep trying until they have their first trial balloon that results in enough people having an allergic reaction that the Chinese state can control. And once that happens, you'll watch that shit spread like a virus and every state employee will start having no choice but to be paid in digital yuan. Do not take your eyeballs off of China because they will show you the way, the way to evil, the way to making humans very much less human, destroying human nature, destroying human dreams. Again, of all the countries on this planet that I most want the first functional CBDC to have their hands on is China. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it's because they will absolutely show us just how fucking horrendous this is going to be. If you're not watching what China does to its citizenry with its CBDC, then when it comes to your country, you're going to be in pain. I wish I could tell you exactly how to get out of it. I'll give you this. Start listening to Jack Spirico's survival podcast. That's the one piece of advice that I can give almost anybody because he has solutions. And instead of me reiterating his solutions, his show is 15 years old. He does it every day like I do this show every day. You're not going to be able, I'm not going to be able to parse through all that for you. But the major things are get out of the cities. And I agree with him. That's why I've been out of anything even remotely resembling a major city for years now at this point, like four I haven't seen anything that looks like a quarter of a million people in almost five years at this point. And I don't want to. Have some, start figuring out how to grow some of your own food. Not all of it. You don't have to grow all of it. Learn how to grow some. And then the next year, you'll probably end up growing more and then growing more. And then next thing you know, you turn around and it's like, holy shit. It's like printing money. It is. Learn how to plant a tree. Learn what trees can do. Which in a, in, This is beyond shade and beauty. I hate ornamental trees. The Bradford pear tree, I wish that, that the only acceptable use of the Spanish Inquisition is to go down and cut down every single Bradford pear tree. Why? Because it bears no pears. There's no pears on a Bradford pear tree. It was designed to be fruitless. It was designed to be sterile. 
because it's an ornamental. Ornamental shit on your property got no place for it. Boxwood hedges, rip them out. Put something, put something in that will you can shape to be a hedge, like a goji berry. And you can harvest goji berries, which are high in antioxidants. You can use it for food and health. Trees, learn how to plant a cherry tree, an apple tree, maybe an Osage orange, a black locust tree. Learn how to make more of them, to make baby trees out of the trees that you already have. Because again, it's like printing money. And as those trees provide fuel, food, fiber, and or medicine, then you're golden. If the trees or bushes or whatever that you have on your, your property produce none of that, get rid of it. So those three things, get out of the cities, learn to grow some food, learn about trees, bushes, shrubbery, perennials, things that come back year after year, and how to locate the ones that produce things that do good things for you and your family. A boxwood hedge is worthless. They are topiaries of like, which they're basically boxwood hedges are just kept as hedges because you're trimming them. Essentially, it's a, it's a yopon holly, right? It's in that family. So, you know, like these yopon holly trees that are carved into, I don't know, uh, like Edwards, think of Edward Scissor's hands and he's making pink, you know, flamingos out of them. They're called topiaries where you shape this hedge. That hedge does nothing. It does nothing but cause you to have to deal with it. And it sucks up water and produces almost nothing else. Although I think it might be a legume. So at least it might be putting, you know, nitrogen in the soil. But after that, it's doing nothing. Find the shit that does the most stuff for you. Plant that and learn how to propagate it. Get out of the cities and learn how to grow your own food. And I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.